2: Greetings and welcome to the 30th edition podcast of Women's Liberation Radio News for this Thursday, October 4th, 2018. This is Sekhmet she resident female separatist and desert dweller at WLRN. This month we focus on the topic of lesbian feminism, We'll hear an excerpt of an interview Julia did with Sheila Jeffries, former professor of political science at the University of Melbourne and lesbian feminist scholar best known for her analysis of the history and politics of human sexuality. We'll also hear an interview Thistle did with Brenna, age 28, Melody, age 24, and Winnie, age 30, at the Ohio Lesbian Festival last month. These young women discussed lesbian feminism and their ideas surrounding it, and provide a good comparison to the thoughts Ms. Sheila Jeffries presents on the topic. We got over 50 women to sign up for our newsletter at the WLRN table at the Ohio Lesbian Festival, and there was a nice group of 5 to 15 women hanging out at the table for the duration of the tabling. It was very gratifying to meet and greet with sister radical feminists who wanted to spend time with us, grant us interviews, and pick up some of our swag. A big thank you to Chris Cozade and all of the organizers at the Ohio Lesbian Festival who welcomed us. The team at WLRN produces a monthly radio broadcast to break the sound barrier women are blocked by under the status quo rule of men. This blocking of women's discourse we see in all sectors of society, be they conservative, liberal, mainstream, progressive, or radical. The thread that runs through all of American politics, except for separatist feminism, is male dominance and entitlement in all spheres. To start off today's edition, here's April with women's news from around the globe for this Thursday, October 4th, 2018.
3: This March in Canada, a man who identifies as transgender requested the owner of Mint Tanning Lounge to wax hair from his genitals. When the owner refused to perform the service, the man filed a human rights complaint against her and her shop. In British Columbia, the identity of any person who files such a complaint must be publicized. But the man claimed this protocol was harassment and rescinded his complaint against Mint Tanning Lounge in mid-September. However, he still has over a dozen human rights complaints pending against other women's salons from Vancouver to Abbotsford. On September 28th, the Supreme Court of India reversed a ban against menstruating women and girls from entering the Sabri Mala Temple, which attracts tens of millions of Hindu pilgrims every year. The court also overturned a law against adultery, claiming it discriminated against women by limiting their agency in marriage. Hindu Malhotra, one of two female judges on the court, said, quote, the time when wives were invisible to the law and lived in the shadows of their husbands has long since gone by. End quote. In a landmark judgment for gay and lesbian rights, the court decriminalized homosexuality, ruling that a colonial era law banning sex, quote, against the order of nature, end quote, was unconstitutional for discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. On September 27th, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee that Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her when they were in high school. Another woman, Julie Swetnick, also came forward with her stories of women being drugged and raped by Kavanaugh and other members of his fraternity while in college. Kavanaugh, who considers birth control, quote, abortion-inducing drugs, end quote, denied these accusations by claiming his calendar was clear of any rape-related events. While Dr. Ford's testimony was finely stated and professionally concise, Kavanaugh's emotional outbursts and repetitive praise for beer spoke volumes about his true male-centric values. Brown University withdrew a study from a multidisciplinary scientific journal after men who identify as transgender attacked it for being anti-trans doctor Lisa Lippmann surveyed over two hundred and fifty parents whose children suddenly identified as transgender in order to gather information on rapid onset gender dysphoria ROGD. While her study is far from conclusive, it was a necessary step to understanding such a little research topic. Lippmann argues for more research on the subject and advises parents and physicians to use caution in the meantime. But her critics equate this caution with hatred. Pro-trans advocates encourage teens to go through drastic interventions like hormone ingestion and surgery, whose effects are irreversible. Jim Knobloch, a nine-term Minnesota state representative, dropped his re-election campaign after his daughter, Laura, came out publicly with accusations of sexual assault and harassment that spanned a period of more than 10 years. Starting when she was only nine years old, Laura says her father regularly molested her in their home. His assaults involved routine instances when Mr. Knobloch would approach her from behind, pressing his body against hers, pinning her up against various household appliances. Local law enforcement agencies began an investigation into these allegations last year, but did not file charges, stating there was quote, insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Jim Knobloch had committed a crime. End quote. On September 19th, Constable Eric Post of Ottawa, Ontario, was arrested. He had been suspended back in June of this year while being investigated for the 21 charges he now faces. The charges, involving both on- and off-duty behavior, include multiple sexual assaults, pointing his gun at a woman while on duty during said sexual assault, careless storage of his police gun, possessing a dangerous weapon, harassment, uttering threats, intimidation by threat of violence, forcible entry, forcible confinement, and finally assault. Investigators are still looking into security breaches related to allegations against Post of harassment and stalking. The case currently involves four known women. Investigators are still inquiring into his conduct with several other women. Earlier last month, New York City passed the so-called Gender X Bill, legislation that allows people to alter their sex on their legal documents without medical testimony, so long as they, quote, identify as non-binary. In years prior, making such a change required proof the person was undergoing a hormone regimen or surgery. That ended in 2014, but a doctor or nurse still needed to sign off on the change. No longer. This bill will allow those born in New York City to denote their sex with the letter X, which signifies neither sex. At a City Hall press conference, Corey Johnson, New York City Council Speaker and Representative for the City's 3rd District, was quoted saying, there are plenty of New Yorkers who don't identify as either male or female. Gender is a spectrum for many folks, and it's not a fixed thing. So, for New Yorkers who are transgender, who are gender nonconforming, who are non binary, to have an option to better self identify on such an important document, their birth certificate, unlocks all sorts of things for them. End quote. The idea of quote, identifying as non binary. Conflates the physical reality of sexed bodies with a multitude of unquantifiable personality traits. This bill would render meaningless all sex-based boundaries, definitions, and statistics. Just as an aside, Corey Johnson was also responsible for the legislation that changed the requirements for approval in 2014, regarding it as the proudest legislative achievement in his first term. Mayor Bill de Blasio is expected to sign the bill. Massachusetts Senate passed similar legislation in June. WLRN's own Julia Beck was elected in late September to serve on Baltimore City's LGBTQ Commission as the co-chair of the Law and Policy Committee. This commission advises the Mayor, City Council, and city agencies by recommending policies and legislation, bringing Baltimore communities together, and ensuring that issues of concern are fairly and equitably addressed. Miss Beck has already persuaded the commission to consider, quote, sex education that doesn't conflate biological reality with gender ideology, end quote. She also petitioned the Baltimore Police Department to list sex as a demographic category in several new policies. Even though multiple complaints were filed against her for using radical feminist analysis, she will continue to push the commission and city agencies to understand that women are female. A 22-year-old Toronto, Ontario man, Patrick Walsh, has been found guilty of the sexual assault of a Ryerson University student. She testified on September 13th that Walsh raped her after she willingly went to his mother's condo. Afterwards, she went to the bathroom to vomit, something Walsh facetimed to his friends. At the defense's request for a directed verdict on the latter charge of him recording and publishing a video of the victim while she was naked and vomiting, Superior Court Justice Kelly Byrne withdrew the charge without explanation. The defense's lawyer, Zachary Kerbel, argued that there was no evidence that Walsh published or made available a recording of the complainant naked and vomiting, essentially saying the images of her naked and throwing up after being raped were streamed, not recorded. Crown attorney, Bridget McCallum, argued that the act of filming and streaming footage was enough to constitute a recording. Walsh awaits sentencing. UK Green Party co-leader, Caroline Lucas, has been added to the infamous turf blocker list, a who's who of any and all gender-critical people, despite her party being very pro-trans. Miss Lucas, who was put on the block list for her willingness to talk to representatives from Women's Place UK about their concerns over the proposed changes to the Gender Recognition Act, including sex self-identification. On September 25th, Rukia Morris, the only black woman in the Vermont House of Representatives, announced her resignation from her post. Back in August, she withdrew her bid for a third term as state representative after suffering multiple and escalating instances of racially motivated harassment, both virtual and real. At that point, Morris stated she would finish out her term through the new year. But in a recent Facebook post, she explained that while she had hoped to see the term through to completion, she would be resigning effective
4: immediately. It's been very harrowing to see not only this happening within the online discourse world, but also happening within the real world. I mean, at the same time that these things were happening in 2016, we had propaganda being left underneath the door of the Democratic Party. Um, I had a home invasion vandalism, even the woods near my house where we go and walk frequently as a family, had swastikas painted all over the trees there. It's been so pervasive in our life that I can at least tell you my son saw one of the threats. And he's seven years old and was fully aware and understanding of what it said and what it meant and had questions about it. Um, So many different things that had been happening that are not terribly unique to Bennington, unfortunately. There were some particular things that had happened that we went to law enforcement to gain counsel on and try to seek support with, and what was just happening was nothing, to be quite frank. Um, It was weeks without an answer. It was weeks without a response. It was a shoulder shrug and a good luck.
3: In response to the Bennington PD's failure to act on Representative Morris's reports, Vermont Attorney General T.J. Donovan began an investigation into the harassment claims at the end of August. Bella Dolls. A sex doll brothel is set to open in Vancouver, Canada, possibly as soon as next month. A similar brothel was scheduled to open in Toronto early last month, but City Councilor John Filion canceled their lease a week before opening. On their website, The experience at Belladolls promises to be, quote, like no other, where you are in complete control. Forget the restrictions and limitations that come with a real partner and unleash with Belladolls, end quote. A billboard in Liverpool that read, Woman, Noun, Adult Human Female, in white text on a black background was removed after male trans activist Adrian Harrop complained that it was transphobic. The poster was funded by Standing for Women, a women's organization which men like Harrop claim is a, quote, heat group, simply for posting in public the dictionary definition of the female sex class. Linda Bellos and Venice Allen were summoned to appear in the court of Westminster magistrates on September 26 after a man who identifies as transgender sought private prosecution against them for speaking at a We Need to Talk event last November. Allen recorded Bellows saying that she would have no issue defending herself if men attacked her just like they physically attacked Maria McLachlan at Speaker's Corner just a few months prior. Bellows called this legal ordeal, quote, an attempt to silence women and it is outrageous, end quote. When Bellows and Allen exited the courthouse, they were greeted by the cheers of an enormous crowd of women who carried huge colorful banners promoting the defense of women's rights. The We Need to Talk About Women panel discussion organized by Posey Parker in Manchester, England took place soon after Allen's and Bella's court appearance and featured Venice Allen as a speaker. Here is a clip of that speech. Venice Allen, everyone.
5: (laughs) Earlier this week, I was locked in the dock at Westminster Magistrates Court with Linda Bellas for live streaming her at an event just like this. It's only been a year since I jumped down the rabbit hole with all of you wonderful women. And like many of you, I've been called a transphobe, a turf, a bigot, a bitch, a cunt, and even a pervert. (laughs) My very first gender critical Facebook post in the Jeremy Corbyn group attracted over 700 comments calling me all of these names. One man even calling me a virgin slag who should die. I was banned from that group for naively asking, how can we prevent predatory men from abusing gender self ID? Virgin Slagman remains in the group. Jeremy Corbyn, despite promising on live TV to speak to Linda and other feminists, has repeatedly refused to do so. And instead, he happily announced that Labour believes in an inclusive, definition of woman. That inclusive definition includes Philip Bunce, who comes to the office one day a week as Pips, and was last week celebrated by the Financial Times as one of the UK's top female executives. That definition includes Karen White, a rapist who even without a gender recognition certificate was moved to a women's prison where he went on to sexually assault vulnerable women, and David Chaloner, who dressed up as a six-year-old girl while he raped and tortured an actual girl. Jeremy Corbyn's inclusive definition of woman also includes Jess Bradley, who was welcomed at a Labour conference last week, despite being currently suspended from his role as trans officer at the National Union of Students and under investigation for exposing her penis at work and at other public places. Our shadow education secretary, Angela Rayner, has said that she's keeping her seat warm for Lily Madigan as the first trans MP. The tall young man who said he felt unsafe by my presence at a feminist Christmas party just because I, unlike Jeremy and Angela, believe not in the inclusive definition of woman, the dictionary definition of a woman. <clears throat> On Wednesday, a Tory MP came all the way from Wales to support Linda and I in court in London, while not one Labour politician even bothered to tweet in support of us. Two lifelong Labour women who are being privately prosecuted by a man who says he's a woman and yet he sees the suffragette colors of green, white, and violet give women the vote, a personal affront to his identity and a breach of the Equality Act. I'm now at a point where my concern about transgenderism goes beyond predatory men abusing self-ID. If I do need to get undressed around men in gender-neutral facilities, I'd actually prefer, if it were not the type, who takes his penis up inside frilly knickers that he's stolen from his wife, sister, or daughter. So, after a year of these insults, threats, and actual violence, I would like to say directly to the Speaker's Corner Thugs and their friends and followers, that while I neither play football nor box, if any of you bastards comes anywhere near me, I will actually take
3: my glasses off. That was Miss Allen threatening to take her glasses off if any of the harassers from the Speaker's Corner incident last year approached her violently like they did Maria McLachlan. The implication is that she and her colleagues are non-violent, but they will defend themselves if physically attacked. Constable Firoze Effie Zarabi Maj has bravely come forward with her story of, quote, demeaning, sexist, racist, and Islamophobic comments, end quote, and regular sexual harassment by none other than the 51 Police Division, a busy downtown Toronto, Ontario detachment, a division made infamous in 2015 when three male officers, Leslie Nisnik, Joshua Cabero, and Samir Kara were charged with gang raping a female parking enforcement officer. That concludes WLRN's world news segment for Thursday, October fourth, 2018. I'm April No. If you have news tips and stories to share that you would like to hear included in our world headlines, please contact us at wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. And let us know what's going on.
1: I heard Cheryl and Mary say... There are two kinds of people in the world today. One or the other a person must be. The men are them, the women are we. They are we, it's a pleasure to be a lesbian. Lesbian! Lesbian! wishes the library and men and women play separately ah but theirs is the kingdom she knows who she'll find in the history of mankind but then uh, she's in Second places in the Masters games Oh, it's real as a mountain It's strong as the sea Besides, an angry woman is a beauty She's chosen to be a like me she's a lesbian. lesbian Lesbian! lesbian!
6: That was Alex Dobkin with her song, Every Woman Can Be a Lesbian. Next up, we'll hear excerpts from an interview Julia did with Sheila Jeffries about lesbianism, the lesbian feminist movement, and what she feels is important for women to know about the growing lesbian feminist movement of today. Her new book, The Lesbian Revolution, Lesbian Feminism in the UK, 1970-1990, through 1990, details much of the her story that modern historians fail to mention when speaking on past feminist movements.
7: The book is called The Lesbian Revolution, Lesbian Feminism in the UK, 1970 to 1990. And of course, I was involved throughout those years. I didn't actually become a lesbian until 1977. But the reason that I thought it was crucial to write this book now is that there is no history of lesbian feminism in the UK. Basically, lesbians have been written out of the history. Books about the women's liberation movement just don't even sometimes mention lesbians at all. Even though it was very clear to me then, and was very clear from my research and from talking to, because I interviewed 12 lesbian feminists from the time as well, that lesbian feminists were absolutely central to the women's liberation movement in all of the work of that movement, particularly around violence against women setting up the refugees and the very crisis centers, in setting up all the cultural institutions, the presses, the art centers, also the women's centers, the discos, and so on. So lesbian feminists were absolutely crucial, and yet their role really hasn't been acknowledged. I wrote the book in order to document that history, but also because I'm very concerned to support the little fronds that are developing now of a new lesbian feminism. So I feel that the young women now who are really starting to develop this need to know that history, and hopefully it will be helpful for them to know that history.
8: When you say lesbian feminism, how is that different from radical feminism or other feminisms?
7: The vast majority of radical feminists are heterosexual and have always been so. Lesbian feminists obviously are lesbians. And fundamental to lesbian feminism is the fact that the lesbianism and the feminism affect each other. Lesbian feminism comes from radical feminism. So we start from the same standpoint, which is that women are oppressed as a sex class and men are the dominant class. From that, we use insights of feminism, they affect the lesbianism, so lesbianism is not for lesbian feminists simply a sexual practice, but it's actually a form of resistance to male dominance, and the feminism of lesbian feminism is affected by the lesbianism, so the feminism of lesbian feminism understands heterosexuality to be an oppressive institution and analyzes that institution and how it works, particularly through male violence
8: do you think that any woman could be a lesbian?
7: Lesbian feminists understand lesbianism as well as heterosexuality to be socially constructed. Heterosexuality is an institution. Um, It's an institution that is enforced, so little girls are forced, first of all, into being gendered and feminine, which is a crucial part of the whole edifice of heterosexuality, but then having to respond to male sexual overtures from the very earliest possible age. They receive no other input. Lesbianism, we understand to be a form of resistance to that compulsory heterosexuality, we understand that women can choose lesbianism. Now we don't understand by choose that they are walking down the street and think themselves one day, well, I'll, I'll just be a lesbian. What we understood to be happening in, at the time of the women's liberation movement was that. There was this extraordinary culture that women were involved in, a social life, meetings and so on, which was hugely exciting and in which women were able to form passionate bonds with each other and love each other and begin to see each other as partners in a way which is very, very difficult for heterosexual women because men are always in between. There's all these mixed meeting spaces. It's very difficult for heterosexual women to even imagine being lesbians. That wasn't difficult at the time of the women's liberation movement. We were all together. We had this extraordinary buzz between each other. So, of course, becoming a lesbian was just an obvious next step for thousands and thousands and thousands of women. And becoming lesbians at that time, of course, was backed up by the politics. And the politics that we were all sharing and explaining and writing about did explain that um, heterosexual women were interrupted in their politics by having to worry about what their Nigels would think. So it was hard to really think about how women's oppression worked and how violence against women worked and so on without the interruption of love for a man or a man coming in a room which so you'd have to say well not my one and so on and so on and so on. So men were an interruption to the development of feminist theory as well as obviously to uh, the development of of love between women. We understood lesbian feminism, uh, choosing to be a lesbian, as being a way of sort of rounding up the circle so that you put your energies into women and those women were the revolution and this was how you created the revolution and that it didn't make much sense to keep your very, very best energies, the person that you loved, as being a member of the oppressor class. So thousands and thousands of women chose to become political lesbians, But, of course, there were very many women who had already been lesbians before the women's liberation movement and they became political lesbians by simply adopting a feminist politics and a lesbian feminist politics around what was already their practice. Lesbian feminists who were already lesbians as well as those who chose to become lesbians applied a feminist ethics to their politics, to the way that they related to each other and had relationships, to their sexual relationships, and so on. So obviously fundamental to lesbian feminist politics and ways of being was a rejection of hierarchy and a rejection of eroticized power. We tried to develop very, very different ways of relating to each other a very, very different erotic framework for the whole way that we behave towards each other.
8: Political lesbianism is a very hot-button issue. Women who have been lesbians for a long, long time, they find fault with political lesbians.
7: One of the reasons why there is definitely an antipathy to the idea of political lesbianism now amongst many young, younger lesbians in particular Lesbians feel embattled at the moment uh, because there is such a hostile, hostile society against them, particularly through all the attempts to transgender lesbians and say that they're really men and so on and so on. So a lot of lesbians feel quite embattled and they have resorted to this idea from the 1950s, really, before feminism ever got going, that somehow they are born lesbians, which would also mean, of course, that women can be born heterosexual, so we can't actually do anything about the way that heterosexuality works. This idea that you are born something, it really comes from a very, very old time, 50, 60 years ago, before sociologists really developed the whole notion of social construction, when there was a belief in a politics, not just of gender, that women are born feminine and men are born masculine, women are born lesbians or born heterosexual, but also that black people are born inferior unable to do certain kinds of jobs, and so on. So this idea that structures of power and power relationships are born into people, that they're in their minds at the moment that they are a fetus, is a part of a very, very old-fashioned, very, very harmful ideology, in fact, And it was completely rejected within feminism, both on terms of gender and sexuality. But I can kind of understand why it's coming back now because I do understand young women, young lesbians to feel very, very embattled. Being so embattled, at least the thing that they can say really strongly and be proud of is I'm a lesbian and I was born that way. But the problem with that is that it's going to really, it does now and it really will in the future, seriously undermine the development of a new women's liberation movement, because the energies of lesbian feminism were absolutely crucial to the last women's liberation movement, and they will be to the next one. So it's absolutely crucial to say really, really strongly that indeed any woman can be a lesbian, but she can't just go out and decide that all on her own. Becoming a lesbian from heterosexuality means that there has to be a supportive culture and ways into this total and extraordinary transformation of life that is becoming a lesbian feminist.
8: Do you see a new lesbian feminist movement happening? I mean, has it ended? Where are we at with the lesbian feminist movement?
7: Well, lesbian feminism, as we knew it in the 70s and 80s, was entirely defeated. We need to understand, I think, how lesbian feminism differed from anything that went before. And I've got a whole introductory chapter explaining that up till the late 1960s and 70s, there was nothing lesbian in novels, in culture. So it was an extremely hostile climate for lesbians. And lesbians mostly had just sort of secret parties or clubs, totally, totally repressed in the 70s and 80s. The women's liberation movement happened, lesbian feminism happened, lesbian feminists came out, they transformed not only the women's liberation movement, but created a culture of clubs, discos, and festivals, and and a totally different way in which it was possible to be a lesbian and proud. I think the problem now is it's so hard to be proud. And at that time, when a woman had been heterosexual and became a lesbian, she proudly called herself a lesbian. So the first problem was when they started calling themselves bisexual instead of lesbian because they could not be proud. So the idea of being proud to be a lesbian, which is fundamental to lesbian feminism because we see it as the most fundamental and powerful challenge to male domination, we are a force to be reckoned with. Lesbianism is, as Cheryl Clark, the black lesbian feminist from the States, said, an act of resistance. It's an extraordinary act of resistance and it is viciously repressed under male dominance as it is being at the moment. There is a
8: little bit of a wave coming around the globe with lesbians speaking out and taking action. Do you think this is the start of a new movement?
7: I certainly think that this is the start of a new movement. I'm aware myself here in Britain that there are quite a lot of women choosing to be lesbians right now. The younger women who are becoming involved in feminism are finding each other. But that's partly because a movement is being created generally again where there are spaces where these women can find each other. And certainly they are acting out. Lesbians at Pride in London marched at the front of the march and said that actually men could not be lesbians. As if this was even a remote possibility that we should have to argue this point. And this shows the huge challenges that creating lesbian feminism now has compared with the previous time. So men have always had that sexual interest in being lesbians, relating to lesbians, and so on. But it wasn't being supported by governments and law. Pride marches hadn't been taken over by this idea that men could be lesbians. It was just sort of something that women laughed about.
8: Would you use the term lesbophobia to describe this hatred of lesbians, men fetishizing lesbian sexuality?
7: I wouldn't because I don't use the word phobia at all because phobia is irrational fear as I understand it as in arachnophobia which is fear of spiders. Now, I do not understand men's hatred of lesbians to be anything that's irrational. It's politically crucial because, of course, lesbian feminism is a threat to their power. It's a threat to their institutions of heterosexuality. It's a threat to the ways they control women. So lesbians are actually a very serious threat to male power. Phobia is not the right word, nothing irrational about their hatred. I think we should just call it what it is, which is lesbian hating.
8: So this lesbian hating, um, we've seen it a lot recently with, as we said, the younger women not being proud to call themselves women or, well, yeah, not being proud to call themselves women and then also being afraid to call themselves lesbians. That is a big hurdle to overcome in this new lesbian feminist movement. There is another hurdle of the language that we are using. I feel as though a lot of the words that we use nowadays are based in these gender roles that so many women and so many lesbians had spoken out against previously, such as butch and femme. Can you speak on this dichotomy and how it relates to gender as a hierarchy?
7: At the beginning of the 1970s, when lesbian feminism was developing, Women did, lesbians did use those terms because there was no other language available. But as lesbian feminism developed, of course, it was possible to develop a new language and reject those very constraining heterosexual forms. They were, of course, based upon the roles of um, heterosexuality, male power, and women's subordination. I explain in the book and in my chapter on Butch and Femme that. Lesbian feminism got rid of it, but what happened in the 1980s was that there was a backlash against lesbian feminism, against feminist attempts to end pornography and transform sexuality. The reaffirmation of the sexuality of dominance and submission through butch and feminist sadomasochism was hugely powerful and hugely supported. Butch and femme, as I understand it, came through this eroticizing of power difference between women. We have to get rid of the language of dominance and submission and create a sexuality of equality, relationships of equality, so that lesbian relationships can be, as they were, and I believe mostly are, a template for how we can transform the way that women are able to relate.
8: As you know, language is a living thing. Going back to what younger women are experiencing, we are devoid of language. We we have all these other queer non-binary terms that don't mean anything. Could we take butch out of a sexual context? I mean, acknowledging where this term came from. Do you think it would be useful to use in
7: naming observations? No, I do not think that is possible because the concept of butch actually does create a divide through lesbians. It also creates a hierarchy, because butch tends to mean the women who most effectively reject femininity. So I think the problem is butch always means that there are some who are femme. The butches see themselves as superior. I think the alternative language to butch, and we do have to get rid of it because it cannot be defanged, that is simply not possible. The alternative language to Butch is lesbian feminist, because that means rejecting gender. Butch doesn't reject gender. It's one part of a binary. So it supports a binary system. Butch cannot exist on its own. In the same way, masculinity can't exist on its own. And Butch comes from masculine. It means rejection of femininity. So though this may be a politics which has offered some comfort, to younger lesbians in a time of great hardship and oppression over the last couple of decades, I'm afraid as part of creating a new lesbian feminist movement, which is going to encourage and proselytize towards lots and lots and lots of currently heterosexual women to become lesbians, Butch doesn't have
8: a place. Is there anything else you would like to add for our listeners who are largely lesbians and radical feminists? Or... Anything else to add for the would-be lesbians out there?
7: I think for the would-be lesbians, all I can say is go for it, sisters, and let's build <laughs> lesbian feminism as we did before. The huge task, though, the enormity of the task is that there is none of the culture left as a result of a couple of decades of attrition There's virtually no spaces that are lesbian or can say they're lesbian or even for women. We don't have any of those things anymore that form the basis of a movement because the culture and the politics are absolutely intertwined. So we have to develop all of that. It is a mammoth task. It will obviously be of crucial importance to all women. It creates a culture all women can take part in. It creates the books and the poetry and the music, all of those things that all feminists, whether they're heterosexual or lesbian, can take part in. I'm hoping that my book, The Lesbian Revolution, will be a real help in showing at least the enormity of what we had and giving some ideas as to how this movement can be built again
8: It does seem like an enormous undertaking. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed just thinking about all the things that need to be remade.
7: Yes. And we have to fight the terrible politics of transgenderism that are now making it so difficult to move forward. There are real, really serious obstacles that we did not have before. And it's a massive task. And I would have thought maybe it could not happen again. But there are acorns, there are shoots, and there are some very, very brave young women out there starting to make things happen. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Sheila. My pleasure.
2: Wishing for a friend, someone to call my own. Who's that for me? I have no bound and can't be sold? Catch me when I fall
3: Turn to an interview Thistle did with Brenna, age 24, Melanie, age 28, and Winnie, age 30, at the Ohio Lesbian Festival last month. WLRN had a table in the marketplace where we set up a do-it-yourself t-shirt screen printing operation that was really popular and had lots of participants. We got over 50 new subscribers to our newsletter and generally communed and built love and solidarity with tons of rad peeps. Here's an interview with Branna, Melanie, and Winnie.
0: I am at Ohio Lesbian Festival. I'm standing with three women at the WLRN tent where we have a table. We're going to be stenciling t-shirts later on. And um, I announced that the theme of our podcast this month is lesbian feminism and that we're going to be interviewing shayla jeffries and i asked them if they would talk about lesbian feminism what it means and can any woman be a lesbian and to expand on that so i have winnie here and brenna and melanie and i'm thistle so would anyone like to start talking about like what your idea of lesbian feminism is and how it applies to you and your personal life, too.
9: Um, So, I was straight uh, for the longest time and then I uh, had an extremely abusive relationship um, and I found radical feminism. And so, I thought that I was done with men and I was considering myself a political lesbian because I did not want another male partner ever again. I don't know that all women would agree that that is what lesbianism is, but that's what it meant to me when I was in that place and time, so now... Uh, I actually found a male partner who is extremely supportive and caring, and I was not expecting to ever date another man again. Um, so now, obviously, I do. I don't. Well, not obviously. I guess maybe to some people, but I would not not ever call myself a lesbian now, because I feel I would be appropriating an identity, which is not. Mine? Interesting. Yeah, all three of you have said
0: that to me before I turned on the recorder, and we're at the Ohio Lesbian Festival, uh-huh. and women are walking around without their shirts on, and there's definitely, you know, a sexuality involved that is called lesbian. Uh-huh. So it's like there's lesbian culture, and then there's identifying as a lesbian, as an individual. Uh-huh. And maybe we could say all women benefit from lesbian culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And so... Um, Is that what lesbian feminism is? Or is that even inching into appropriation and harm towards actual lesbians, you know, who I would argue make the choice to say, I'm just never, you know, I'm either going to be celibate or I'm not going to date men anymore. Uh Mm -hmm. You know, like,
10: talk about that. (laughs) Uh, I think lesbian feminism is like the foundation of feminism. It's just like loving women (laughs) and... I think that's, and every woman can benefit from that, every woman can benefit from woman-only space, which is going to usually be put together and dominated by lesbians, because lesbians work towards loving women in their day-to-day lives, and yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> Do you think lesbian space, like at
0: the Ohio Lesbian Festival, encourages women to stay with women and be
10: lesbian and stay lesbian? I think so, yeah, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah. it has a it culture for, you know, where you can enjoy with your partners yeah. who are women. <laughs> it's like,
11: it's like, lesbians still exist because, um, outside of, like, uh, women-only spaces, especially ones that are lesbian-focused, um, it's, like, everything is queerified now. <laughs>
10: <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, including so this
0: space, yeah. right? Because it's all inclusive. Yes. But yet, it's so all inclusive. The radical feminists and the lesbian feminists are allowed to be here yeah. and be somewhat yeah. out and vocal and expressive,
9: and yeah. nobody's being turfed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is great. I mean, I think it's really important to have a space like this where everyone can come together and be civil even if we don't necessarily agree. And there's also value in a more uh, female-only space like yeah. Michigan. That has right. value, too. Exactly. They serve a different function.
0: Exactly. And so we should be able to have all these different yeah. types of yes. women's
9: spaces. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Totally. I believe in having inclusive spaces and spaces which are only for female people mm-hmm. yeah. because both are I think do you think lesbian feminism way. can help us achieve that
0: or as soon as you put the word lesbian into a festival it attracts men do you know what I mean because lesbianism is so pornified mm-hmm. have you ever um, google image searched the word lesbian don't do it <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. I thought Forn. I would see pictures of like women at mish fest looking yeah. lovely and Empowered, yeah. and it's no, it's no. disgusting. And <laughs> that's porn, and so I'm saying that the word lesbian kind of works against itself in some ways because of that, yeah, male it, fantasy. Yeah. Well,
10: in a male yeah, it, world like the internet, which is made by men primarily, lesbian
11: doesn't mean. Si- Exclusively same-sex attracted. It means boundaryless bisexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In men's in definition. Yeah. In men's definition. Right. They hear uh, lesbian, right. and they're like, they either hear, oh, she just hasn't met the right guy I yet, feel like- or the right specific usually thinking a lot more pornographically than that right <laughs> but
0: right and yeah. i feel like and i feel like i saw an example of that last night at the dance with the woman who was throwing herself at the trans woman at the man you know what i mean and you were saying how that's oh every male's w- wettest dream or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know that the and, women, and she was like a you know a beautiful woman like a petite young beautiful woman
9: it and is so a, a lot of straight male's fantasy too be surrounded by a bunch of naked women and yeah and, and
10: uh, there's a lot you know, there's like, so like, many men who say like oh yeah i'm just a lesbian on the inside yeah and but like they're what just... they're picturing is like an,
11: <laughs> it's a very feminine conforming thin white usually etc
10: sexually open <laughs> yeah, woman. Well, yeah.
11: like they're vi- yeah it's like in line with like uh, pornographic visions of women and pornographic sexuality mm. not with like women's embodied sexuality mm. yeah. exactly and so <laughs> you know
0: we're gonna just keep on keeping on right yeah. and figuring it like, out yeah and
11: like a lot of it's a lot of, like a lot of straight guys who would come here would be like ew cause there's so many like there's like gender non-conforming women there's mm-hmm. so many old butch women. <laughs> women there's
0: old right, women right that don't conform to yeah. that there's fat women there's yeah I don't know, the real pervs, I feel like it doesn't
9: matter Sometimes. in some ways. I mean, a degree, lot of yeah, for men sure. also fetishize all of those things. Yeah. Right. In, a, it, weird in way. a way, yeah. Like it's like. Right. Some of them specifically seek out like, more masculine presenting women because it's like this weird. I don't fucking know. I don't understand <laughs> men. I don't know why they fucking. They <laughs> have all these weird, like. Fetishes, I guess, because they just like, are so porned out that they just, they, yeah. they just need to that more and more, and more like, that novelty. stimulation, something yeah, novelty, novel, right. blah yeah. blah.
0: It's and
11: so it's like, shallow. It's like, yeah, it's because they get bored of one thing and have to move on to a more extreme, yeah. whether it's yeah. a te- right. extreme type so, of woman or. Lesbian feminism obviously
0: sex has that. a strong critique of this kind of pornographic mm-hmm. imagery that has gone along with the word yeah. lesbian. It's mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. We reject that. (laughs) We we deconstruct it and take it away from our culture. That's what I would hope to see in lesbian feminist culture, is that we would create spaces and boundaries where that isn't allowed. It's not that you just have to be female only. (laughs) This is my dream, my little dream. But you also have to feel... Like, you want to not be in a a space where women are sexually objectified. Right. Especially when you're dancing. I'm realizing because of all the stripper, strip clubs and all of that, you know. And and women are ex-strippers that come to feminist spaces. And so they, you know, have these moves and these ways that are, like, almost ingrained into their bodies. And it's like, how do we actually free ourselves from that?
9: Yeah, I think, um... Definitely, I mean, I'm no authority on lesbian feminism, but I would hope that it's... Well, at the same time, I want to say that it's not just, like, the act of having sex with women. It's a mentality and a set of political values, but then again, there are definitely lesbians who... Reject that and think it should just be about being same-sex attracted. Um, yeah, there's lesbians and there's lesbian
10: feminists, and yeah. they're not always together. Right. This is yeah. a this is a woman's space, you know, it's titled lesbian, but it's not explicitly feminist. But still, if you have a woman-only gathering, feminists are going to be there. Yeah. So, like, it yeah. definitely will be more. Far more feminist than a general space as well
11: as, um, like I do think lesbians are more likely to be feminists. They are. There definitely are like... Women, you would either describe as apolitical,
9: yeah.
11: mm-hmm. or
0: um, or even
11: like right wing leaning, or right.
0: which is
9: so strange to yeah. me. Like I could never understand. Like, right,
0: a Trump supporting lesbian, like, never,
9: is a hard like, concept <laughs> to yeah. understand. You're by yeah, if you're white and yeah. rich, I think it makes sense. You're right, yeah. Yeah. true. you have like yeah. other privileges that yeah. counteract
11: like especially with a like know, like, like I've come across um, a couple like. I don't want to, like, necessarily assume their sexuality. Like, women who would, who look butch. And, like, they've come and, like, I found out they were trap supporters. And I was like, no. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> how do you, yeah. like, do you wrap, wrap your ha- head like, around that? like, in your body, in the right. world, looking like you do, both being female and being so right. visibly gender non-conforming. But c- come to those right-wing views.
9: <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that just blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, my, my thoughts are on um, like sexuality and like sexual identity, obviously not everyone has to agree with this, but uh, I would say I don't identify myself as sh- I am, am straight or I am bisexual or whatever. I think of it more as like material reality. Okay. What is happening right now is what I'm doing. I feel like it's... If I'm in a straight relationship, I'm in a straight relationship. Or if I'm in a lesbian relationship, I'm in a lesbian relationship. If that makes sense. I think that... Especially if you think of it as how gender identity has come to be such a sticky issue. I think we can apply the same sort of material analysis to sexuality as well, um, in that it's not so much an internal identity as something you do. Mm -hmm. And being female, it's not an internal idea or feeling, it's something, it's material reality.
0: Thank you so much, Brenna, and thank you, Winnie, and thank you, Melanie.
12: This. 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 this, 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 this is
0: WLRN. 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 W-L-R-N. Women's Liberation
6: Radio. Women's Liberation Radio. Women's Liberation News. Radio. News. Women's
0: Liberation Radio News.
12: On May 1st, Forty-eight years ago, the Second Congress to Unite Women was held in New York City. Its purpose was self-explanatory, an opportunity for women to organize. Unfortunately, exactly zero lesbians were invited to speak. This was a problem that a small group of radical lesbian feminists solved by taking action. They cut the lights, stormed the stage, and shouted in protest of misogynist lesbian exclusion. This group, known as the Radical Lesbians, distributed mimeographed copies of their 10-paragraph manifesto, The Woman-Identified Woman, which argued that lesbians were at the forefront of the women's liberation movement because their female-centric politics were replicated in their personal lives. This short text is foundational to feminism, at least in the States. I'd like to share with you a portion of this piece. Quote, It should first be understood that lesbianism, like male homosexuality, is a category of behavior possible only in a sexist society, characterized by rigid sex roles and dominated by male supremacy. In a society in which men do not oppress women, and sexual expression is allowed to follow feelings, the categories of homosexuality and heterosexuality would disappear." Think about it. What did the world look like before male supremacy? How did we relate before men's penchant for progeny and patrilineage? Before men took control of women's bodies, sexual love could be expressed between lovers of either sex unconditionally. But sisters, we're talking tens of thousands of years ago. In our current time, that shit simply ain't feasible. Men control everything. They're even trying to get their grubby little hands on lesbianism. But that comes later in my diatribe. Lesbians are a force to be reckoned with, as Sheila said. So what does it mean to be a lesbian? Do you have to be a gold star? Because that leaves out a whole lot of survivors of male sexual abuse. Lesbianist, a lot of us have had sex with men, either consensually or not. But how consensual can heterosexual intercourse be? when every social stimulus harangues women into sexual submission to males. Let me tell you something. I used to think of myself as a heterosexual. I went through men like toilet paper after Taco Bell. I gained security and social capital by hanging on their arms in public. A couple of rapes and one bad tattoo later, I could finally clear my head by chilling with women. I am so grateful to the women I've met who are unafraid to challenge the patriarchal status quo. Who welcomed me with open arms into their community of healing and friendship. If it wasn't for lesbians in Baltimore, goddess, I don't know where I'd be. I'd like to say thanks without naming names. So if you're listening, you know who you are. We've come together and we've broken apart. We've learned how to listen and we know how to talk. We see in each other the light of life. All we gotta do is ignite it. Lesbian culture is nifty, vivacious, and exhilarating. What Mary Daly calls gyne-affection allows us to overcome the obstacles of patriarchal domination, like internalized misogyny, so that we can build and sustain female friendships. Women are the only oppressed group that is socialized from birth to love our oppressors, but far too many of us don't even know it. This is why lesbianism is the key to female liberation from male supremacy. We need to reach out to our heterosexual and bisexual sisters. We need to welcome them with open arms to woman-centered spaces so they too can heal from all the male bullshit they put up with on the daily. Now, being a lesbian doesn't just mean hating men. Lesbians love women. Lesbians are the only people on the planet who center women 100% of the time. A day without lesbians, (laughs) That's, that's a day without sunshine. We see the sun in women. We know our latent power, suppressed and burned from us for centuries. It is past time we feed that flame of revolution that we see in each other before it's too late. Some of us might argue that we're losing our grip. It is an uphill battle, what with all the recent efforts by the male-led media, the government, and world religions to dehumanize women. Nowadays, any man, regardless of criminal record, can quote-unquote identify as a woman as if the very people men oppress are nothing more than ideological maginations. If we follow this misogynist train of thought to its reprehensible conclusion, then heterosexual men can claim to be lesbians if and only if they identify as women. If woman is an identity, lesbianism is destroyed. I have been told far too many times that I am a transphobic bigot for declining to choke on girl cock. Now, I, I know I'm going to look back on this podcast in a, in a few years, and I'm going to be embarrassed for using that language, but that's where we're at. <laughs> Listen up, y'all. I'm pissed. No man can be a lesbian. No person assigned male at birth could ever be a female homosexual. Can't you see this is lesbian erasure? Can't you see our revolution is past due? I say power to the lesbians, to the women who are rising up. Power to the lesbians who led London Pride. Power to the women who crashed New Zealand Pride. Power to every woman, regardless of sexuality, who took a stand this year. We are rising, and we are full of rage, and let's face it, sisters, a lesbian is the rage of all women condensed to the point of explosion.
3: Thanks for listening to WLRN's 30th edition podcast on lesbian feminism. I'm April No, WLRN member from Ontario, Canada. I'm going to be working on the WLRN YouTube channel and would love to get your pictures and images to co-create beautiful videos of all of WLRN's podcasts. If you're interested in participating in this project, please send me an email to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. Just put in the subject line, WLRN.com podcast videos, and we can roll up our sleeves together and start making videos that will be cherished by our feminist community for years to come.
12: WLRN would like to thank our guests this month for sharing their views on lesbian feminism. Thank you so much, Sheila Jeffries, for speaking with us and thanks to Brenna, Melanie, and Winnie for sharing your time at the Ohio Lesbian Festival. We'd like to give a special shout out to Winnie Small for spending tons of time with us at the festival and volunteering at our booth. We really do appreciate that you joined our street team and are putting up posters in your region. Big thanks to all the women who came by and got posters to put up in all their respective locations, as well as the women who helped us screen print t-shirts. If any of you would like to send us pictures of posters you put up or of you wearing your screen printed shirts, we would love to get them and publish them to our WordPress site along with our write-up on the festival. Just send them along to wlrnewscontact at gmail.com. This is Julia Beck. Thanks for tuning in.
0: If you like what you are hearing and would like to donate to the cause of Feminist Community Radio, please visit our WordPress site and click on the Donate button. Check out our merch tab to get a nice gift in exchange for your donation as well. In addition, if you are interested in joining our team, we are always looking for new volunteers to conduct interviews, write blog posts, post to our Facebook page and other social media pages, and do other tasks to keep us moving forward as a collective of media activist women. Thanks for listening. This is Thistle Pedersen signing
6: off for now. And I am Natasha Petrov. Thanks for tuning in. Next month, we will focus our program on backlash against lesbians at pride parades and dike marches across the world. Our handcrafted podcasts always come out the first Thursday of the month, so look for it on Thursday, November 1st. If you'd like to receive our newsletter that notifies you when each podcast, music show, and interview is released, please sign up on the WLRN WordPress site.
2: Stay strong in the struggle, and thanks for listening. This is Sekhmet Sheowl, signing off on another edition of WLRN's monthly handcrafted podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and SoundCloud, in addition to our WordPress site. Thanks for listening.
6: And this is Jenna DeCordo, WLRN's sound engineer and producer. Our monthly podcasts are always crafted with tender, loving care and in solidarity with women worldwide. Thanks for your support. We would love to hear from you, so please share, like, and comment widely.
0: kiss how will we find what needs
1: to be shown and then after that where is home oh. tell me